people change so much and you do not have to be one specific thing. Never feel that you do. I had to get myself out of that mindset for a very long time of I am one thing and that's what I have to do. This is what I dedicated my life to. And it's like, hey, I'm capable of doing a lot of things. Why am I pigeonholing myself? Hello, everyone. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Mandatory Adults. I'm your host, Komei. And this episode, we're going to be talking about alma mater, okay? Alma mater, is that the right way to pronounce it? Alumni, okay? I graduated from school, the school that I graduated from, being a graduate, etc. And what I've been doing with my degree, essentially. Today, we're just going to talk about the things that I've been doing to kind of like help me feel good, help me feel like I'm giving back to the community in a certain way. And it's definitely something that like I want to do in general, However, I just don't know where my life is going at the moment. So let's talk about it. Um, this episode, we're also going to be including the music recommendations that I have for you guys. So oddly enough, if you look on our Instagram, the music recs were added in on episode 17. And I think I was just working so fucking hard that like I just combined or I think what happened was like I had all of my episodes set up. So there's certain graphics that I create ahead of time because I know that's what the episode's gonna be about. And I think I had a graphic created earlier. And for some reason I just exported them all together. And so I just thought I needed to post them all together. So um, the mandatory music recommendations is this episode. <laughs> so if there is any confusion, I'll make sure to edit our episode list on Instagram, but it's still going to be posted with episode 17. Unfortunately, it's whatever. Okay. It's, it's still going to be a fun, good time. In this episode, I want to tell you guys what I was listening to, to get me hype enough to do this. And what is this you ask? It is an alumni presentation. Um, they actually don't call it a presentation. They call it a, um, mentorship and it was crazy okay so let me just say this I never expected to have a good turnout for anything that I do okay I like hope for the best expect the worst that's just like my existence to be honest and when I signed up to be an alumni mentor this includes like presentations in the sense that like you could talk about a topic if you wanted to you can give a demo like a live demo at SCAD um you can do portfolio reviews all this other stuff and I've sign myself up for these things, like all of the things. And I signed myself up probably about two or three years ago when I was still working at said company that shall not be named because I really wanted to help people. Like I've come to realize, total tangent, I've come to realize that like, I just wanna help people. I wanna inspire people. In that, I was like, okay, how can I help people? Because I don't necessarily wanna be a professor right now. Fuck, at this point in my life, maybe I do. Like, I just, I keep going back and forth because I'm literally at like a crux in my life where like things are just changing and I myself am changing. So what I say is probably gonna be very contradictory to like a lot of the episodes that I've had before because I've never been in this place in my life. So, so I signed up. And it took a while to get a specific date. And you guys, <laughs> crazy enough, I wasn't even stressed about the date. I was like, it's gonna happen when it happens. But why was my alumni mentorship on October 13th? Friday the 13th. That's suspicious. 
That's weird. I was, ex- again, expecting everything to go wrong. It was spooky season. It was a good time and nothing went wrong. Well, okay, let's let's back up. One thing that did potentially go wrong was the fact that I was I had like a whole five minute introduction and no one could hear it when they were on Zoom. But that's besides the point, okay? I had to like redo it and it was a little embarrassing, but it's fine. And I was like getting a little out of breath. It's fine. So... <laughs> This is what happened. I signed up for this presentation. I was very excited, but also very nervous. And the kind of person I am, I just have to allow myself to be in those like whatever vibes. Like I just have to be in a whatever mindset because if I excite myself too much, I expect too much, I'll be let down, right? So I just have to allow myself to be like, it is what it is. It's whatever. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. So I do this. We finally pick a date. And of course, shit goes crazy. It was Friday the 13th. And what ended up happening was like we were traveling that day and honestly, the travel didn't need to happen. It was just, a lot of it was just annoyances. You know what I mean? It was just annoyances and like, it was just, it was stupid. So I was just like, okay, great. So I don't have all the time that I that I thought I was gonna have. Fuck it. Okay, I'll just cancel half of my day. That's fine. So I go do this thing. I tell them I have to cancel half of the day, blah, blah, blah. We'll work it out. Literally like five minutes. I get there five minutes before my presentation and I tell them, hey, so sorry for the confusion. I just got told that I'm able to keep my entire day. So whatever we need to do, we're going to do. And they're like, are you sure? Are you serious? Because they were going to cut it into like two days, which honestly, fine. But um, we ended up doing everything that day. And so what everything was, was a presentation. It was a full class, you guys. When it first started, it wasn't full because students are just late, right? But when I tell you, I wasn't even paying attention to anyone in the room besides like the people that were asking me questions. Alumni showed up, um, graduate students showed up. So people that are getting their master's, um, several professors showed up and like the... It was crazy. It was just really crazy. And so in order for me to do this presentation, I had to have a professor kind of back me. And my professor is Sohi Kwan. She is absolutely amazing. I love her to death. She's one of my favorite people ever. And ironically, I asked to do this and I was a Dean's List student. I graduated honors. And apparently she told me that I was also on a list of people. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you were literally on a list of like maybe five students that we wanted to reach out to in the future for things like this. And you were the only one to like just volunteer yourself. So you didn't even know you were qualified to do this and you did it. And I was like, oh my God, like that's crazy, right? Revelation, amazing. And then crazy enough, I think they could sense my like nervousness a little bit, but I was really, I was very, very excited when I was driving there and I told them they're like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out like, do I need to cancel my half day? Do I need to like do the whole thing? I don't know yet. When I tell you the, what are they called? Like the administrator, the administrator for the school was like messaging me and me and her are really good friends actually. And she was like, how do I say this? She basically was telling me like, you're such an amazing person. She was like grand rising, like queen, like you have a fully booked like presentation. Like you, everything's going to work out fine. Like you are amazing. You're phenomenal. Like your energy, it was beautiful. Like I've never had someone speak to me like that before. And this is another black woman saying this to me. And I was like, oh my, like she's calling me grand rising. Like she's telling me that all these amazing things are happening. And that's when I found out like there are students that are like begging to get into the class, but the class is fully booked out. And I was like, no fucking way. So I had an overbooked classroom filled with students and grad students 
And I also had additional people that were on Zoom. Oh my God, like I could not believe it. So there's over 60 people basically that I was teaching to and it was only supposed to be 30, crazy. So I do this presentation and what is a presentation? It's about graphics and fashion. So we're gonna dive into that because it was, it was wild. Like I, I thought that like this presentation wasn't gonna be good because no one was gonna care. Like first I didn't think anybody was gonna show up because they're like, ah, you're not giving us free things, which I actually did. I gave them free mock-ups because everybody needs a free mock-up, you know? Um, and then I basically was like showing them uh, the different textures of fabrics, the different applications. And I gave them a lot of strikes that we had. And it was just a beautiful moment for them to like really see what happens behind the scenes if you're a graphic designer and you're working in fashion. And I don't know if it's something that I wanna do ever again in the sense of like, I don't know if I wanna keep doing that for my career. Um, I'm comfortable in it because I know how to do it, but it is stressful and it is a bit of like a, I don't know, it's not entirely wholesome, if that makes any sense. And I feel like a lot of design can be like that. It's a very like repetitive thing. It's a very, um, I don't know the word for it. It just feels very robotic at times. And as designers, like we put our all, and this is actually one of the things that I said during the presentation. I was like, as designers, we put our all into our designs and something that I want you guys to know deeply because it took me a while to understand it. And I've only been doing this for two years is that you are not the problem. If your design doesn't do well, as in it doesn't sell, or if people around you are tell are like picking your designs apart, it is not you as a designer, it's the company, it's the business. And that was something that I really wanted to harp on them because I went through a lot. Like I had to go through mental changes. I had to drastically figure out like, okay, this is what business is like. This is what this is like as a designer in this world right now. And I never expected myself to be in fashion. And when you have your designs picked apart, and I talked about this in earlier episodes, it makes you just feel less than. And I realized like people and students specifically need to know this because you don't expect that to happen. You design what you're told to design. That already like, you know, takes away some of the heart a little bit, but when you do that and you think it looks great, or let's say you design something that you absolutely love and it's spot on, people are still going to pick it apart based off of color, based off of aesthetic. Like you can literally, they can tell you to design a punk rock t-shirt with um, a girl with like wild hair on the front and um, you know, a very generic saying. You can design that and it's exactly what they asked for and they're still gonna pick it apart and ask you to change things and it's not because of you, it's because of the business. So I really wanted them to understand that. Um, they had really great questions as well, which I loved, because I didn't think anybody was gonna ask any questions, because I was like, this is a lot of information, but also I feel like, you know, you guys get the gist. And I showed them a lot of the things, like a lot of um, the companies that I looked at that I love, that um, constantly give me inspiration and remind me that like, designing things is, potentially like just aesthetics and especially when you're designing in fashion it is just a look so don't feel bad if you're designing something without meaning the catch is you have to design a story and that's I think why I got the job that I got in the first place and everybody was asking me questions about that because I told them like I have no fashion experience I didn't have a single fashion piece in my portfolio okay 
And obviously I told them like, use your resources. People are going to back you. People are going to make sure you get what you're supposed to get. And obviously I never told them that I was laid off because I want them to have confidence because that happens, but that wasn't the conversation that we needed to have. The conversation we needed to have needed to be inspiration, needed to be design driven. And so all their questions were like, well, how did you get the job though? Like, how did, how did you do that? And I was like, honestly, you guys, I just told them a story. I told them why my designs meant something. I told them why I loved my designs, why they work and what their purpose was. It's not about, I made this design and this is what it is. It's about who is going to see this and what is their story? Always think of the customer and by customer, it's really like, think of the persona that you design this for. Who do you want this to impact? And so again, I had no fashion experience. And so I basically gave them a story and I designed two graphics for them. And then I designed a graphic in real time, which was fucking terrifying because I was like, okay, I kind of set myself up for this, but I hope this works out. And I really wanted to design some, something really fucking cool. Um, but we were kind of running out of time a little bit. So the first two designs I made for them were the exact same subject matter. So the subject matter was SCAD, right? Savannah College of Art and Design, my alma mater. And I was like, okay, so the two different, so I'm going to give you guys two different storylines and I'm going to show you guys why I designed this the way that I did. And I told them, I was like, this took me maybe an hour, maybe two hours ish, just depending if I was like taking my time, but it really, the designs took me about an hour and a half. And I wanted to show them what the different storylines could be. So the subject matter is SCAD, but how are the storylines different? Well, one of the storylines is SCAD is a regal school. It's been around for hundreds of years. Whoever goes here needs to feel like they are a part of a lineage. It needs to feel rich. It needs to be luxury. Um, this is probably going to be embroidered. Like I had to give them that storyline so they understood what you're physically seeing. And then the other storyline is SCAD is a sports school. It's like an all around collegiate school. It is very like, it's rugged, it's gritty, but everybody who goes to SCAD is gonna rep this like giant oversized sweatshirt type of thing. So I only designed two sweatshirts with those two different storylines. And so the storyline I gave them for the collegiate one was basically like, this is sporty. This is somebody who like lives and breathes sports. Like they just, they, they love this look. Even this could technically be streetwear if you think about it. Like you can, you can style it in so many different ways. And also I gave a lot of my basis off of streetwear because that's where everything started with streetwear. And ironically, I hope that it gave them a lot of inspiration of like streetwear starts with you. It starts with literally you as the person who is like, I'm inspired by this and another person just like me designed this and I want to buy it. I want to wear it. And I kind of gave them a very, a very brief overview of what streetwear is because I'm taking a streetwear course. And I explained that too, of like, there's so many different design resources that you guys have at your fingertips. You don't even know it. Like I didn't even know it. And I want to give that to you. And so the first design, um, which was like regal luxury heritage, it's lineage was a script font. It was a script font that was a front and back design where it's a left chest and the back is like this large embroidered savannah college of art and design like beautiful lettering um it was royal blue and white okay and then the other graphic was jet black or really it's like a like a rustic black and it had savannah college of art and design with a crest on it and the the lettering was very collegiate it was uh distressed it was yellow and white and obviously the shirt was black and it was just very sporty and those are like the two storylines that i wanted to give them and i just thought i would hope it was really cool.
cool. And I think they thought it was really cool too. So ironically, um, as I was giving this presentation, a lot of people were like, pausing, asking questions. I told them about the different design techniques and then I told them what it was like for a day-to-day -day designer. And that's when I showed them the strikes that we have. Um, and I showed them, you know, the things that I personally worked on and also things that are already in production just so they can like feel the fabric. Especially if you've never shopped there. I was like, this is what we strive for. This is, these are the different steps that we took. And then I also showed them strikes that were completely wrong and then strikes that were completely right. And I was like, this is what happens when you're a designer. This is what you should expect. It's never gonna come out perfect. You always have to fight for your design, not only before it gets on the garment, but with the company, with whoever you're working Working with the senior vice president, the creative director, the AD, all of these people have their opinions for specific reasons. And this doesn't even mention the money, the merchants, the sourcing people, the people who are telling you how much money you have to design this graphic. And if your graphic is 20 different colors and the company can only afford seven, you have to change it. So it's certain things like that. So without this episode getting too boring, I wanna tell you guys about that presentation and just how amazing it was to like feel like a teacher to answer questions and for people to genuinely just be surprised by like, I guess where, how I've, where I've gone, how, how I became who I am in a sense. Um, and just showing them that like, I didn't have anything. Okay. I had nothing to do with fashion. I didn't have anything to do with this industry. And here I am teaching you about it because I think it matters. And if this is a route that you want to go under, like go for it. I, I would hope that everyone has all the resources that they need. And so potentially, you know, I'm supposed to be doing alumni reviews. I'm supposed to be doing alumni uh, portfolio reviews. And I'm hoping that this is an ongoing thing that I can continue because it does kind of lead down the pathway of professor and I'm not against it. I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm just living my best life. <laughs> I'm living my best life and I'm happy and, you know, things are going where they're supposed to. And I've realized that now. Um, so I was very nervous. Yes, very, very nervous. Um, it felt amazing and scary. I was, you know, I was looking at students who I thought were just like me. And that was the craziest thing because I'm like, okay, I'm 26. These kids are probably like in their early 20s. But there was also grad students. And so it's just interesting. It was like, you know, education doesn't stop at a certain age. Grad students could be in their 40s. They could be in their 30s. They could also easily be, you know, in their early 20s. And just seeing the variety of students that I saw and the alumni that walked in, the professors that walked in just to hear and ask me questions as well, it was just really cool and very nice. And like, if I could have a class just based off of fashion and graphics, I would do it. I really, really would. And I will say the only thing that was scary for me was um, the fact that I was sharing a specific company behind me because that's what I worked for. And so I just didn't want to get in trouble. Like I didn't want to share too much information where like I could get in trouble by the company or whatever. And I know that I didn't share any information about the company specifically, how they do things. Like none of that was shared at all. Um, none of their actual information was shared besides like their internship program. Literally, I was like, this is what it's like if you do the internship. I never got to do it, but this is what my friends told me about it. And um, I was more nervous about that. I was more nervous about sharing too much information, but I know that I gave a lot of my own things like I literally I didn't design anything that was 
from that company. I designed everything from my own thought process, my own creative direction, and all the information that I had was general information that the students definitely needed to understand like the day-to-day -day life as an apparel designer. And so, yeah, that was that was the presentation. Um, it, it had me thinking about grad school. And then of course, ironically, we had a luncheon after. And that's basically what I was concerned. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make the luncheon, but we did. I had a luncheon with like their best students. And ironically, I was one of the students that did this last year. And I'm oh, sorry, not last year. I was one of the students that did this. I got to have a luncheon with another alumni and they were working in UX design. Um, and so it just reminded me of like, oh, this is what it, this was like. This is really cool. It was just so much fun. So um, yeah, I was really happy. I was really proud of myself. I was even more proud of myself to know that like, hey, like all these people believe in me and they know that I'm capable. And I don't know, it just reminded me of like, everything works out the way that it's supposed to. So don't stress yourself about it. Like I'm not currently working in design because you know, fun employed at the moment. And I still design in my free time. I design when it feels right. I design when I have energy for it. And it's it reminded me that like, this isn't something that I wanna let go. So that's where I'm at. And that's why one of the topics is like, grad school is always an option because a lot of people think like, I don't wanna go back to grad school. I don't wanna go back to school in general and like spend all that money. And you don't have to go to grad school to become a professor. I just know myself and I'm like, well, if I have my master's and I only have, like I was talking about in earlier episodes, three years of experience, um, how, how far is that going to get me? You know? So I just, I want to do something good and I want to help people. And if teaching is a part of helping people, then that's the path that I'm on. Um, it's also made me realize of just like how happy you have to make yourself. Like I chose this presentation thing long before I got laid off and I still continued with it. And it was still something that I was concerned about. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like, uh, like, am I worthy? And it's like, again, people don't fucking know. They don't have to know. And again, that's what it is on my LinkedIn. I did make a post about being laid off a couple days ago because I was like, Hey, people need to know that like, I'm still actively looking. Um, but my actual LinkedIn page shows that I've still been employed until October. That's just when I set the date because I don't think I have any other designs coming out past October. So we'll see. And because of that, it made me remember like, Hey, everybody starts over quite literally everybody starts over. Everybody reinvents themselves and everybody has to find their peace and it's okay. So that was my presentation. And I just wanted to like share that with you guys of, even though I've been unemployed, like I made all these plans and I still stuck with it. I went through with it. I'm still doing my courses. Um, some days are a little less motivational than others and that's okay. And ironically, I've been getting back into creating vision boards, lots of inspirational quotes that genuinely help me because I feel like a lot of people have quotes that are just like okay like you're just saying words but I want to share a few quotes quotes with you guys before I get into the music that I have been listening to um I haven't been listening to any music right now at the moment just because of like the the vibe that I've been in but the music that I have been listening to to kind of like amp me up for that presentation is going to come after this so some of the quotes that I personally love is I am in the process of healing. Be patient with yourself. I am safe and my mind is calm. I am happy, healthy, radiant. 
I am creating the life of my dreams. I want to become so financially stable that God uses my pockets to bless others. And another one that I just remember is every day you can reset. Another one is you deserve all the good things. He has a plan and you have a purpose. It will all come together. Believe that miraculous things are going to happen. The universe is ready to make your dreams happen. What if everything goes right? Another one is try something new until you find what makes you feel like you. What's coming is better than what is gone. The timing of your life will never let you down. I really love that one. And then this is something that my friend sent me on TikTok and I wanted to read it with you guys because I think it's so important. It actually really, it really changed my mindset. And I woke up in a really good mood today and I'm going to talk to one of my besties and just kind of vent and also just like not trigger myself anymore. <laughs> like here's where I've been for the past few days, maybe even a few weeks to be honest, but constantly finding inspiration and being creative is something that I need. Like I have a bunch of painting, um, what are these called? I have a bunch of canvases behind me and I have yet to paint on them. Why? I don't know. Motivation, forgetting that I can paint. I don't know. But I definitely want to start doing like physical things that make me creative because as a designer, you do everything online. Sometimes you don't even want to look at a computer. I definitely don't. I hate looking at my computer right now. It's not my favorite thing. Even editing this podcast is a bit of like a a chore at the moment, but it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just uh, creating physically is really important. I want to do farmer's markets. I want to just live, you know? So here's a quote that my friend sent me who is going through a very similar thing that I'm going through. Life is going to work out perfectly. All the right things are going to happen. All the right people are going to come and all the wrong people are going to leave. You're going to have a beautiful home that brings you peace. You're going to have a dynamic career that gives you purpose. You're going to wake up next to the love of your life and spill sweet words over morning coffee. You're going to have slow Sundays and wholesome holidays. Your art is going to be impactful and you're going to be recognized for your devotion. You're going to travel and see the world and you're going to encounter incredible people along the way. You're going to be seen for who you are and appreciated for all that you do. Don't worry so much, my friend. Life is going to work out perfectly. I really loved that because I really needed to hear that. Um, the place that I've been has not been fun. Um, mentally, I'm growing, I'm evolving, I'm changing and reminding me that all of these people believe in me as a designer, as whatever, made me realize that it doesn't matter what I do in design, as long as I'm doing something creative. People change so much and you do not have to be one specific thing. Never feel that you do. I had to get myself out of that mindset for a very long time of, I am one thing and that's what I have to do. This is what I dedicated my life to. And it's like, hey, I'm capable of doing a lot of things. Why am I pigeonholing myself? It's not the world. I may be pigeonholing myself. I am so much more than all of those things. And I don't know. There's just something, something about where I'm at right now is equally triggering, but also peaceful. Um, 
it's it's really making me and forcing me to choose my happiness I think is what's happening and happiness is a choice I hate saying that but it is and sometimes it is okay to not be happy it's okay to be in your feels and to be unmotivated and to lay in bed all day and to just want to feel safe and cozy in your house it's okay people don't talk enough about that they're always like well you got to get up and do it again hey take a break okay another thing I've realized a lot of my purpose is in my job and I have to give myself more purpose beyond my job because I don't have one right now. And because the two opportunities that I do have, potentially three, are up in the air right now, it's not up to me. I just, I have to give myself time to create and be creative and, you know, just appreciate the small things that come along the way. And... Another thing that I I think I kind of missed a little bit was the fact that everyone was talking about your your side hustle has to be just that, like a hustle. How about it's just my hobby? Like, why do I have to make money off of everything? And like, yes, I do need money. I need to take care of myself. I need to pay bills, et cetera, et cetera. However, not everything has to be lucrative. So don't forget that. Love yourselves. Be kind. And know that if you've made plans, stick with them because I think you'll learn a lot from them. And oh my gosh, that reminds me. I'm going to get into this really quickly. The birthday party that I was talking about, my sister's birthday party, um, it was a time, okay? It was not a girly pop time for me. And I've been reminded over and over again that like what happened is not my fault. (laughs) And it sounds very dramatic, but it's not. Um, It was just a not very comfortable situation. I was very uncomfortable because of, you know, when I said the girl likes, likes my sister and my sister invited her and they're paying for the trip. Like, why would you put yourself in that situation and then put me in that situation? I told my sister, like, I felt like a buffering zone, okay? Because she's putting down these boundaries of like, I don't want to be with you. But because I'm here, it's like the girl has no choice but to like, you know, listen and like not make me uncomfortable or make my sister uncomfortable. And it was uncomfortable. Um, There were certain times where it was like very peaceful, very chill. But y'all, I ended up in a wheelchair at Universal, okay? (laughs) What happened is not my fault is what I'm telling myself. Um, I was exhausted. We got up at nine. No, we got up at seven o'clock that fucking morning. Didn't leave until 10 o'clock because that's my sister for you. And we got to Universal and my sister wants to do everything, but she doesn't want to plan shit. So I'm the planner. I'm the one telling them, okay, I have the app. I'm going to tell y'all where to go. Y'all figure out what you want to do because I'm not waiting in these hour long lines. And again, if we would have gotten there earlier, maybe we wouldn't have waited an hour. I don't know. So we get to the Harry Potter part of Universal and there is one specific ride that is delayed. Like it's not on at all. And I was like, well, we've walked around. Y'all can buy your stuff now or come back and buy it later. It's up to you. But the the end of the day, like this park closes at five. The other park closes at eight o'clock. So they bought a few things, which is cute. And then we had like uh, a brunch ish. It was really just like lunch. Cause we didn't have anything for breakfast cause we got up at seven o'clock in the fucking morning. But anyway, we have lunch and 
the ride is back on and we're like, oh my God, we have to go. It's 25 minutes. And then it gets to 45 minutes and then 50. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not standing in a line for an hour. I wouldn't do that to get into a club. Why would I do that to get onto a roller coaster? So we go in line when it's like a 45 minute wait. And every single, I don't know, 15 minutes, there's an announcement saying, we're sorry for the delay. Please continue to wait. And I start looking at the app and the ride continues to get delayed every 15 minutes. So the wait was 45 minutes and then it goes to 55 and then it goes to 65 and then it goes to an hour and then it goes to an hour 10 then it goes to an hour and 20. So we waited in line for a 45 minute wait an hour and a half for this ride. That was so fucking quick. I was like, I'll never do that again. Like I love Universal. I love Harry Potter world. I love the experience. However, the ride was so fucking short waiting in an hour long ride. It doesn't balance each other out. So I'm already jittery. Okay. There's no seats. You can't sit down. You're just standing in a line. I'm like, okay, I already ate. So I, you know, I'm not going to get faint, but I do feel like I'm going to pass out because I've been standing for so fucking long. So I start drinking water. And of course we did all the rides at the first part of Universal. So now we have to go to Islands of Adventure. We go to Islands of Adventure, but guess what? The train, guess how long the wait for the train is? And the train is only like a 10 minute ride. Quick pause here to thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning into this podcast. I love absolutely every single listener that I have. We are being streamed across the world and it's absolutely insane. So I just want to say thank you. And in my appreciation, I also want to remind you guys to make sure you subscribe and give us five stars. Don't be shady and don't be gatekeeping. We need as many people to see us as possible. And do not forget to stream us wherever you stream your podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We have a lot of listeners on Spotify. So Spotify, if you're listening to this, you should sponsor us. And also make sure that you follow me on TikTok, Mandatory Adults, all one word, and mando.pod, M-A-N-D-O dot P-O-D on Instagram. Thank you guys so, so, so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. So subscribe. The train is like an another hour and a half. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait here. So I tell my sister, I'm going to wait here. Like, no, I'm not doing it. Sorry, I can't. And she was like, well, I can't like leave you in this half of the park. Like if we're over there and this park closes at five, like you're just kind of stuck, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, then I'll go wait at the fucking Hard Rock Cafe. Like it's not that hard. Like I will walk my ass to where I need to be so I can sit down and chill the fuck out for the rest of the day. She refused. And so I had to stand, sit, kind of like bend over, do my stretches for another hour and a half. And they don't tell you this, but when you take the train, you go through obviously long lines of people. And then there's three flights of stairs, three flights of stairs. So I'm over it. As soon as I get to the top of the steps, I'm like, I'm done. I am done. And my sister's like, nope. Okay. Let's just put you in a wheelchair. (laughs) And again, This is all because my older sister wants to do all the things. And I told her, I'm not waiting in these long lines. I've done this before. And I literally passed out from heat exhaustion. Like you're not understanding what my limits are. And so she then has to fucking scoot me around the fucking park. Okay. So now this is no longer fun. I do feel better in the sense that I'm not going to pass out. But now my sister has to push me around. 
Universal Studios. And what ends up happening um, is they cannot take the wheelchair with us. So we get on the train and we're sitting down. But after that, I'm like, yeah, I got to go sit down again. Like, this is not like I'm lightheaded. Like, this is not good. Like, I'm just my body is exhausted. We've been we've literally been standing at this point for three hours because each wait was an hour and a half and we're still walking around the park. So not even doing the math on that. I've been physically standing on my feet for three hours. And I was like, yeah, no, my body's not, this is not happening. I will happily sit my ass down and y'all go throughout the rest of the park. Like I just want to sit. And my sister just didn't want to leave me sitting somewhere. And I was like, I have my phone. I got my portable charger. I'm gonna be good. So we then go to this, um, you can go to like an emergency care anywhere in Universal. If you do not know, it's in the Aladdin section. So if you don't know, now you know. Um, I know because my mom passed out and they fucking wheeled her over there. So I go sit there and there's air conditioning. It feels fine. And I'm literally falling asleep because I'm just so fucking tired. And they call for a wheelchair. The person goes to the wrong place. So we've been sitting there for an hour and they're like, okay, we're sorry. They took it to the wrong location. If you want to go grab it, you can. And I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. But ironically, a lot of other people started coming in, you know, hey, we need an ice pack. Hey, we need um, an IV or something like that. But like, it wasn't like a, an intravenous IV. I don't know what the fuck it was, but like, you can basically ask for anything at these parks. Okay. And they'll give it to you. So my sister then has to go across the park to get a wheelchair, come back, put me in it like an actual wheelchair. And at this point, it's getting dark. It's getting fucking cold. I'm wearing a Barbie outfit. So I'm freezing. And thank God I had pants on that day. And she basically is like, okay, we want to go on these rides. Each of these rides is only a two seater. Okay. So it would be me, my sister and her friend. And I'm like, how about y'all go do that? I'm going to come wait here. I'm going to wait here. Y'all go ride your rides. And of course, I tell them which rides to go on because my sister doesn't plan anything. Yet again, we get Butterbeer um, and they go on this ride. Now, the first one, y'all, 45 minute wait. It was definitely longer than 45 minutes because I was sitting in this wheelchair and I was, no kidding, shivering, shaking, shaking in my boots, quite literally. And I was waiting every single time the roller coaster would go over my head because we were under like a, we were under a section where we could see the roller coaster. Um, I was waiting to see my sister. And when I tell you, I took at least 20 videos, none of them were my sister until the very last one. And I was like, oh, I can kind of see her hair. And I took a video of her going on the roller coaster and it was cute. That literally was like over an hour and a half and I was fucking freezing. The sun was going down. And then I have to wait again for this other ride. So finally, my sister like gives me her jacket. Um, I like wheel myself to the bathroom and then I go sit at this like pavilion area where um, people were kind of like just sitting down with like their strollers or whatever. And I was sitting there under a covered area because it was fucking freezing. And my sister is waiting in line to go on the last roller coaster she wants to ride. And again, it's a two seater. So I'm like, I'm good. I am good. And uh, they say it's the best one. It's the most fun. It was Hagrid's adventure. And I told them about that one and it was the shortest fucking wait. Um, and yeah, so they did that. And that was, that was fucking universal. But then here's, the, here's the catch guys. The reason why this is uncomfortable, not only because I was physically fucking exhausted and I told my sister my limits and she just didn't listen, but the fact that there was just this weird energy happening 
why was there weird energy? Because this girl was feeling like my sister was like not giving her enough attention. She likes, likes my sister and like she's buying her stuff. And obviously I don't have any money. So I'm just like, oh my, like I just felt like a third fucking wheel. It really did feel like that. Even if it wasn't that, that's what it felt like. So it was just uncomfortable. My anxiety was spiked and I ended up like crying, okay? Not having a mental breakdown, but because I was already feeling this before my sister came to like pick me up and I was just telling her like all the things that were happening in my life, why I'm uncomfortable, why this trip, like I didn't even want to go on because now I still feel even more uncomfortable. Like I just want to go home. I just want to be next to my mom all these other things. And again, like my sister knows all this. So me sharing this is not any like tea or anything. It was just a lot. It was a lot for me. It was a lot for her. And it was just fucking crazy. So here's the playlist that you guys have technically already seen, but don't have any context on. <laughs> so here it is. I'm going to give you guys the biggest hype up ever by sharing my playlist with you guys. So we created a playlist on Spotify called Mandatory Listening, and it is the best songs at the moment. But more importantly, it's the songs that I'm listening to right now. So if you want to be on the same level as me, here are the songs that you need to be listening to. On My Mama by Victoria Monet. Top tier echelon of nostalgia, okay? It is so good. I'm so deep in my bag like a grandma with a peppermint. So if you love old school rap, old school R&B, and you also love new style R&B, Victoria Monet is where it's fucking at. Her entire album, Jaguar 2, is on fire. I have several songs that I love by her, but this one is the top one. This one is the one that's all over TikTok. This one is the one that's gone viral over and over again. It's the best song ever. And when it first came out, I was obsessed, obsessed. So Y2K vibes, top level 90s nostalgia. That song is gonna make you feel like you just hopped right back into the 90s. I'm not gonna go in order because you can play the playlist in whatever order you want. The next one is Looking for the Hose by Sexy Red. Now, I haven't listened to much of Sexy Red, I'll be honest, but this song gets me every time. I don't know how to describe it other than you walk into a party and this song comes on. Like you are actively walking into the party, everyone turns around to look at you, and that's the song that comes on. That is the vibe, that's the energy that's coming from the song. Next, speaking of energy, Energy by Beyonce featuring Beam. Beyonce's entire Renaissance album could be this playlist, I'm not gonna lie. But this song, close to my heart. It is a banger of bangers. First of all, the way that it opens up is just so fucking groovy. Like the, the bass, the pops, the, the everything. Also, I love the like African roots that are in this song. Like next one, Area Codes by Cali. Got a white boy on my rasta. He be feeding me pasta and lobster. It's that song, okay? If you did not know, now you know. Area Codes is so fucking good. Freedom by Beyonce, but the homecoming live version. I don't know what it is about this song. It makes me angry, but it also gives me a lot of power. And I think it's like the slavery in its roots, truly. Like my ancestors are screaming this song alongside Beyonce and I can feel it. Bongos, obviously, featuring Megan Thee Stallion by Cardi B. It's very carnival forward. It's very much like, I just wanna shake ass and have fun. Barbie World featuring Ice Spice with Aqua, obviously, in the fucking song. It's so good. If you haven't watched the Barbie movie, 
maybe you don't get it. But the fact that she says it's Barbie bitch, yes, Nikki has said that already, but this is literally for the Barbie movie and it just hits different, okay? I don't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you any other way. It just hits different. Issa Rae herself produced and wrote this fucking, not song, but this show called Rap Shit. If you have not watched Rap Shit, add that to your to-do list. It is so good. It is not like any other movie or series I've seen before because the way they integrate social media into the movie is so insane. Like it's so, so, so good. But anyway, this is by the two main characters, Shauna and Mia. And crazy enough, Issa Rae owns a production company called Radio. So Radio is also a part of the song. And I just can't get over this because this is from Rap Shit. It's from the soundtrack. And the two main characters wrote a song because they wanted to be hip hop artists. They wanted to be stars. And it's called Seduce and Scheme. And it's so fucking good. It's one of like the funniest songs ever. And it's just so cute. And it's very much like a bop. It's very much like girly pop. We're just having fun. We're just like riffing on the bed, giggling at each other. Like Seduce and Scheme. K. Toven by Callie and DJ Smalls 732. I can't really explain this song other than just go listen to it. It's a surprise. It is a surprise. If you like that, uh, oh my God, what is the dance that Lil Uzi does? Or not Lil Uzi does. It's a dance that was a part of that Lil Uzi song where like you're, how do I describe the dance? Cause you guys can't see me. You're like popping your hip and then your hands are going up and down. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But if you like doing that dance, this is the perfect song for you. Also, it's just, it starts out so different. It's not anything that you expect it to be. Just go listen to it. Wifey by Ruby Rose. I love this song. I really, really love the song. It's just, to me, it's very feminine empowerment. It's very female coded. It's very like, I could steal your man if I wanted to. It's very 90s. It's very 90s. It's a very, um, oh my God, Charlie's Angels. Do you guys remember the 2000s version of Charlie's Angels, the best one with Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore? Which now that I think about it, next year for Halloween, I need to be one of Charlie's Angels. That would be so fucking cute. Party Girls by Victoria Monet featuring Buju Benton. It is amazing. It is a little slower. I think it's the slowest song that's on this playlist, potentially. It's Jamaican. It's like winding. Also, the visuals for this music video is insane. If you do anything with this song, it should be watch the music video because I think it's gonna make you love the song even more. When I first heard this song, I wasn't a big fan. I was like, oh, it's too slow for me. But then I was like, no, I really like the hook. I really like when Buju Banting comes in. Like, I kinda wanna see it. When you watch the music video, first of all, her outfit, the choreography, and then it all makes sense. It's like, oh, it's one of those kind of songs. Water by Tyla. All these Caribbean infused songs, I think you guys will notice, like, that's just very much my vibe. It's my attitude. I just love, 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 love it. It's a Party by Lotto and Baby Drill. Now, again, I haven't listened to a lot of Lotto. There's a few songs that I love by Lotto, but it's she's not like my first choice, but she has some bangers, okay? And I think that's what I keep like, I don't know, skimping out on or missing out on is the fact that these artists alone 
sometimes they're not your vibe, okay? Sometimes artists need to be collaborative for you to like really get it. And I think a lot of Lotto songs, for me to really love it, they have to be collaborative. Just like the best house party you've ever been to. It's one of those type of songs. It's a house party song. It's an ass shaking song. It's so good. It's probably a song you'd hear at the strip club, to be honest, like the utmost ass shakinest of songs. You Wish by Fly and a Boss. Everybody knows Fly and a Boss from TikTok. They're so good. They're so talented. I love them. This is the song that's like, hello, Christ. I'm about to sing again. It's that song. Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, America has a problem. Now Beyonce had this song before Kendrick Lamar and I loved it, but it, it wasn't the vibe. Like there was something else missing and it was Kendrick Lamar. Like it was the perfect combination of artists. It was so good. And the fact that this was Beyonce's song before she collaborated with Kendrick just goes to show how talented she is. Because when she added Kendrick on, it was like chef's kiss. Like the song itself is a banger, but yeah, something was missing. It didn't hit the same. BGC by Flo Millie. I don't listen to a lot of Flo Millie. I feel like me and her would be besties just because of like the way that she sounds. It's Flo Millie. Like I love her, like she's so fun. BGC is Bad Girls Club. And one, I do love me a Bad Girls Club watch, okay? I am subscribed to the Zeus Network. It's very girly pop coded. It's very like, like shaking ass, but like sparkles and glitter and pink. Ice Spice's song featuring Nicki Minaj. Woo, Princess Diana, this is so good. This is so good. It's just, she ate, she ate that up. And I don't know, it just goes hard. I love a woman who can rap hard as fuck and still be feminine. Like that's the embodiment of like Nikki and like Ice Spice and obviously Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Like all these female rappers are very much like hardcore as fuck, but still feminine. I personally stan Becky Hill. If you do not know who Becky Hill is, she creates like the best, I feel like. Like it's the music you can listen to and be like, oh, I'm getting transported to the club. Like I'm getting transported to like walking with a night out with my girls. Like if you heard any of her music, it would be something that was like on a, on like a coming of age movie. Like it would be, I don't know. I don't know how to describe her music, but I love Becky Hill. And if you are a person that likes cinematic music, that's what I mean by that. Like it's very cinematic. So um, Disconnect, the orchestral acoustic version is the one you need to listen to. Okay, I might have to correct myself when I said Party Girls was the slowest. Give me time, I think is slower, but it's so sexy. It's by Zienna. Oh my gosh. If you just wanna feel like you're in your feminine era, like dark feminine, Give Me Time is definitely the song for you. I love this song. This is a song that would be played like in the bedroom, obviously, but also like when you're just walking by yourself and you just wanna feel connected to you, this is the song. And the last two songs, you already know. I love to shake ass. So Delhi by Ice Spice is the second to last. Okay, bars. It's the best song ever. It gets me going every time. It like, it makes me want to like bang my hand against the wall. It's that fucking good. Like last but not least, Beyonce, of course. We gotta end with the best. All Up In Your Mind by Beyonce. 
It's simply a song to make you feel empowered and then listen to the playlist all over again. That's my favorite part about it. And that is my playlist to get you guys super hype like I am at all times. I'm not kidding. I listen to this playlist almost every single day. It puts me in a good mood regardless of what I'm feeling like. It makes me super confident. I love this playlist. So I hope you guys love it too. It is called Mandatory Listening. You have to tune in. It's on Spotify only. So find us there alongside the podcast. And I really hope that you like them because it is a part of my life that I wanted to share with you. These are what I'm listening to. And I started doing this because when I was in college, fun fact, I created a playlist and my friends, whenever they like, you know, let me get the ox way back in the day, they were like, oh, just put on your playlist. And I was like, oh, like I just have all the songs that I've ever liked. Like I don't have a playlist because it was that good of a banger way back when. All of my friends followed my playlist and I still have not deleted it to this day. So I want to give you guys more bangers. I want to let you guys in on what I personally am listening to. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it makes you hype. And I hope to see you guys next week. Do not forget to subscribe. Follow us on Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Mandatory adults, all one word on TikTok. Mando.pod, M-A-N-D-O dot P-O-D on Instagram. And then you can follow me, your host, Komei. COM3H on all platforms. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.